Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. So in the context of the plea agreement with Hunter that fell apart this week in Wilmington, I've heard many references made to the trip to China that Hunter Biden took with then-Vice President Joe Biden, his father, in 2013. And I went looking for information about that trip. I found something interesting. Josh Letterman for NBC wrote a piece that said this, at the time, it seemed mildly noteworthy, but not particularly unusual. Then-Vice President Joe Biden, traveling to China on an official visit, had brought his son Hunter along. When the two appeared in public together in Beijing during the 2013 trip, there were all the typical trappings of a mini family vacation tacked onto a business trip. With granddaughter Finnegan in tow, the Biden men sipped tea in a Confucian-style tea house, leafed through books at local shops, and treated themselves to mid-afternoon ice cream. But almost six years later, this was written six years thereafter, Biden's trip to Beijing is coming under new scrutiny amid revelations about President Donald Trump's efforts to dig up information to corroborate his unproven corruption allegations regarding Biden and his son's work in Ukraine. Says Josh Letterman, in 2013, I was one of four reporters who traveled aboard Air Force Two with Biden and his son to China, a visit that was sandwiched between stops in Japan and South Korea. What wasn't known then was that as he accompanied his father to China, Hunter Biden was forming a Chinese private equity fund that associates said at the time was planning to raise big money, including from China. Hunter Biden has acknowledged meeting with Jonathan Lee, a Chinese banker, and his partner in the fund during the trip. Although his spokesman said it was a social visit, the Chinese business license that brought the new fund into existence was issued by Shanghai authorities 10 days after the trip with Hunter Biden, a member of the board. Well, I was intrigued. Who were the four reporters? And when we dug a little bit, we figured out that David Nakamura from the Washington Post was one. Steve Clemens was one, uh, I think, then at The Atlantic, but I'm not sure. And Mark Landler. And I thought, wait a minute, Mark Landler, he's been on this program. He's a great guest. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. 
Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. He's the London Bureau Chief of the New York Times. He's been with the Times for three decades. When he traveled with Vice President Biden in 2013 on the flight for which Hunter was present, I don't know if he was the Bureau Chief in Hong Kong and Frankfurt. Was he the White House correspondent? Was he a diplomatic correspondent, an economic correspondent, or a business reporter? Because he has played all of those roles during the course of his distinguished career. This is Mark Landler. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for being here. It's good to be with you again, Michael. In 2013, what was your station in life at the Times? I was a White House correspondent, and um, I like to make a practice of flying on trips with uh, then-Vice President Biden uh, because I thought that you would get sometimes much better access uh, to a vice president than you would traveling with a president. Uh, so I uh, traveled to Iraq with Joe Biden. I've been to, I had been to Turkey with him. And this was probably the longest trip I took. It was a week-long trip that went to Japan, China, and South Korea. How do those assignments come to pass? In other words, do you put in, when you know that he's going somewhere, do you put in for it, and then the vice president's office decides who will be in the press corps? Yeah, that's right. Um, You know, once we determine whether we want to travel on a trip, and with a vice presidential trip, that's not always automatic. Uh, Occasionally, a vice president will go somewhere, and we'll decide uh, we can let that one go. But this trip felt like it was going to be important. It came at a fairly sensitive moment in U.S. relations with Asia and with China. Uh, And so we would then apply to the vice president's office. And unlike with the president, where there's a very set procedure for how many reporters cover him and how the pool rotations work for those assignments, the vice president's office has quite a bit of um, leeway in deciding who goes along. And, And these are the four reporters that the vice president chose to accompany him on the trip. Do you remember the trip? I do. I do. It was, um, as I said, it was a long trip. It was almost a, a full week, and it, uh, it covered a lot of ground. We went to Tokyo, Beijing, uh, Seoul. We wound up at the, at the demilitarized zone on the border with North Korea. It was the last event of that trip. Uh, it was in early December, right after Thanksgiving break. Um, and uh, there was a lot going on in the region, as I said. So the vice president had a pretty full diplomatic schedule in, in each of the places that he stopped. And is the, is the standard drill one that you hope during the course of the flight, either over or back, you're going to get some time with the Veep? Yeah, that's right. And with Vice President Biden, at least as vice president, uh, he was generally very good about that. He would come back to the... Uh, press cabin in the plane and spend a good deal of time uh, with the reporters. Uh, I don't remember on that trip 
whether it was as much time as we got. There was a subsequent trip I did with him to Iraq where I feel like we got even more time with him. But, you know, in on this trip, you might see him uh, twice a day, maybe once a day. But he, unlike the president, who you might not see at all or for only a few minutes, you would get significant access. And, uh, you know, some of it would be on the record. Much of it would be off the record. But it gave you a real chance to have an insight into his thinking and, uh, and you know, the evolution of American policy. So these were very useful trips for a journalist to take. Did you find it unusual that Hunter Biden was aboard? Well, I traveled uh, in my career a lot with um, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton uh, prior to covering the White House. And um, I, one thing about Hillary was she didn't generally, uh, in fact, I'm not sure I ever remember a member of the Clinton family traveling with her on one of her trips. Um, Biden was different. It was not unusual for him to bring along a family member, whether it be his wife, Jill, uh, or one of his grandchildren. Uh, and it, and that was the case on this trip. He brought uh, Finnegan, who's his granddaughter, uh, Hunter's daughter. And at the time, I remember um, sort of hearing that, that Hunter was there effectively to kind of chaperone his, you know, Finnegan and, and, uh, and uh, and make sure that uh, that that, you know, that she was taken care of and that they had their own program uh, since the vice president was going to be pretty wrapped up with his activities. And I assume that, Mark, you would be unaware of anything that Hunter did during the course of the visit to China. Yeah, I mean, we we didn't, uh, as I recall, have any particular contact with Hunter beyond saying hello to him uh, as as we entered or exited the airplane or perhaps saw him in a hotel lobby um, there. You know, he did not take part in any briefings with us. He didn't come back to the press cabin at all during that week. Uh, he stayed very much up in the forward part of the plane where the vice president has his own private cabin. Um, you know, and the same was true of Finnegan Biden. I think I said hi to her once or twice getting off the plane, but they were not part of, you know, any of the official part of the trip. And hence the, the four reporters had um, fairly little exposure to them. We did see them at a couple of sort of informal public outings. Uh, you mentioned um, from Josh's piece that there was an outing to a Confucian tea house. Uh, there was a shopping trip made in Beijing. They bought, you know, at one point they stopped and bought Magnum ice cream bars. And if my memory was, they were handing a couple of them out to other people on the staff. And we would see them in that context, but that was about it. Mark, I don't remember lunch yesterday. Like, it's amazing to me how you have such recall of this 2013 trip, by the way, which stacks up with what Josh wrote a few years after the visit. He said, quote, when we got on the plane on a bright Sunday afternoon at Joint Base Andrews, the Bidens were already on board, having just flown in from a family Thanksgiving gathering in Nantucket. Biden often took family members and especially his grandchildren on his foreign trips. So their presence didn't raise any eyebrows. Well, listen, Michael, I'd be I'd be dishonest if I didn't tell you I hadn't quickly reread Josh's piece before I <laughs> appeared on your show. So my recall I would might, have to, might not right. be as brilliant as you think. Right. Um, but the other point the other point I'll make about it is it, it was somewhat unusual to have 
um, family members of, you know, a senior official on the plane. And, you know, in the dozens and dozens of trips I made as a State Department and a White House correspondent, that trip does kind of register with me. And of course, you know, Hunter Biden has become a very prominent uh, and controversial figure in the years since. So I think for those reasons, it probably does leave a little bit more of an impression on me than, than some of the other trips I did. Well, and as you well know, despite being in, in the London Bureau now and maybe not focused on our, our domestic politics and, and what's unfolding with Hunter, but this this gets bandied about as part of the narrative. And he traveled with the vice president to China, uh, and it appears that he did some business dealings there because of that which I read at the outset of the program. So I, I think it's legitimate for people to want to know and try and you know just reconstruct what went on. Yeah, I look, I, I agree with you. Um, and, you know, and in that context, even before you asked me to be on the show, uh, I have thought back to this trip and wondered myself about whether there was anything that if we had known more in, in retrospect would have been interesting or noteworthy to us. Uh, and, and as much as I've racked my brain, I can't say as there is. Um, there's not a a particular moment where, Hunter appeared to be doing something that was clearly very business related. Um, But none of that is to say that he couldn't have been, you know, it's just that we didn't see him for a lot of the time. And, you know, one, one point to make about this trip is vice presidential trips can be more or less newsworthy. Um, This was a very newsworthy trip because the president went over, the vice president went over at a time when China had uh, put in place a, an air defense zone in the East China Sea, which I won't sort of burden you with the details of, but it was a very provocative move, both for the Japanese and for others in the region. And the vice president found himself in the middle of kind of negotiating between China and Japan on this issue. And then also on the same trip, he met with journalists from from my paper, the New York Times and Bloomberg News, uh, who were facing... Uh, effectively being expelled from China when their journalism visas ran out. And the vice president was doing a little bit of lobbying on behalf of the American press while he was in Beijing. So there was a lot going on on this trip. There was a lot of interest in this trip back in Washington. Uh, At least one of my stories ran on the front page. So when I say that you know, we didn't pay much attention to Hunter. It was partly because there was so much other stuff going on that at the time seemed really pretty important. Mark, it sounds like a great assignment. I'm I'm a bit envious. I mean, it just sounds like a, a wonderful trip to have been a, a part of, not only because of the destinations, but because of the news as you've just presented it that was then in play. Yeah, no, it definitely was. I mean, it would be in my list of top trips. Uh, and certainly the most interesting one I did, you know, with Biden uh, at any point during his vice presidency. So, yeah, absolutely. I was I was lucky to have a seat on that plane. Thank you so much for your willingness to to share your memories. I appreciate it very, very much. Sure thing, Michael. Thank you for having me. Mark Landler, ladies and gentlemen, is the London bureau chief for The New York Times. Three decades at The Times, he's played a variety of roles. He told us in 2013 when he was traveling with the vice president, it was in his capacity as a White House correspondent. I I thought that was really interesting. Fascinating. I don't don't know that we learned all that much uh, on the issue of how Hunter spent his time, but I just love hearing about, I know a little bit about the subject myself, but have never had the privilege of, flying on Air Force Two. Oh, well, I was going to ask you, because you were an advanced man for 
Papa then, Bush. Right. For Papa Bush as, as vice, vice president. president. Yes. So did you, you never, wait, there's a picture of you in front of it. True, because I was on the ground oh. awaiting his arrival with man. other members of the advance team and the Secret Service so that we could then go through the schedule that we'd been working on prior to his arrival. So if you're so, the advanced crew, you don't fly on Air Force no, Two because you're you're already no, there. You you might, you know, one perk you might get, but it was not going to be handed to the 22-year-old. Right. But one perk you might get is that when there would be wheels up from the events that you had worked, maybe you can hop a ride yeah. and go wherever he's going next or maybe fly back to Washington. But, but no, I would arrive in a location, depending if it were a, a foreign or domestic trip, because I did both, you know, you might get there a week in advance. You might get there three or four days in advance and map everything out. Right. And when Air Force Two pulls up, you're ready. You're there on the ground unless you're at an event that's that's down the road. Uh, and then you go through the event, you know, with the principal. So that is I, so I, the I, color commentary, though, was fascinating. It was great. Fascinating. And, and he, he it's funny because he, he, <laughs> he does. <laughs> he's he does cop to reading Josh's piece. Why not? As I did. He's smart. Um, but he it, it stands out to him that in his in his head, Hunter's role was that Finnegan was there and he's, he's there a, like he's chaperone. A dad. Yeah, he's, he's there chaperoning her. And I, I think I think she's the I'm 95 percent sure that she is the Biden granddaughter who just graduated uh, from Penn within the last two months. Oh, not the one that just got married. I know one got married. No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. All right. All right. Interesting. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Here's a little more background from the Josh Letterman piece. Remember now, Josh Letterman was on this trip to China along with Mark Landler, who was my guest just a moment ago. So too, David Nakamura and Steve Clemens. Letterman recreates the trip six years thereafter, meaning in 2019. The biggest tension point between the vice president's office and journalists accompanying Biden on the trip was over the media's coverage of his five and a half hour long talks with Chinese President Xi Jinping, 
Reporters had described Biden as somber or subdued during a photo op, suggesting the meeting may not have gone well. Quote, candor generates trust, Biden told Xi during the photo op. Trust is the basis on which real change, constructive change, is made. It was about midnight by the time the Biden's marathon, that Biden's marathon meetings with Xi wrapped up and Hunter Biden wasn't present for the meeting. But by the next afternoon, he and his daughter had linked back up with the vice president, joining him for some family time in Beijing's Dongchen district, a bustling shopping district not far from Tiananmen Square. Trailed by a throng of photographers and curious locals, the Biden spent roughly an hour perusing gift shops, buying Magnum ice cream bars from a street vendor and discussed holiday presents for relatives loudly enough that the journalists with them could hear. Hunter Biden in an apple red sweater and white collared shirt also joined his daughter and father for an elaborate traditional tea ceremony involving white tea leaves dried in sunlight and blue tea leaves dried in moonlight. Several former White House officials who traveled with Biden on the trip told NBC News they didn't know at the time that Hunter had any business interests in China and were unaware of his private schedule while in Beijing. They said there were no indications the younger Biden had connected his work to his father's government position. Quote, it just wasn't something that was on any of our radar screens, said Jake Sullivan who was Biden's national security advisor at the time. That's interesting. Hunter's presence didn't really factor into anything the vice president and the team were thinking about from a policy or diplomacy perspective. What else Hunter may have done during the two-day stop in China is unclear. There are no indications he met with Chinese government officials. Messiers, the spokesman, said that he did not conduct any business during the trip, including when he met Lee, the Chinese banker, and his nascent business partner. Uh, Lee, in Texas, quick reaction, if you don't mind. I can't help but wonder if, if the Chinese recording everything have something on Biden, I have something on younger Biden uh, that they're using to hold over Joe. End of story. 2013, I mean, a time when we weren't all, I mean, they're a much surveilled society, obviously. I'm just thinking about how today, you know, nothing moves in the United States without being recorded. Uh, just just look at that Trump uh, superseding indictment that I was I was reading from all because of the videotapes that the feds were able to procure from from Mar-a-Lago. TC and I have often talked about this case in Philadelphia where we knew the parent of a young man who with his girlfriend vanished along with their truck after leaving a, a bar on South Street, a very you know populated and vibrant area. And it was kind of just before we entered the era of everything being Daniel Imbo and Richard Patron. Yeah. Vanished. Vanished. Truck gone. They're gone. How is that Nothing. possible? I don't know. I, I think I about that. I didn't understand it then, and I still don't understand it. I think about that case often. So I mean, it's just like, like, wow, what the hell? Yeah. If it had happened five years later, everything would have been pieced together. Right. And you'd have had From a, camera a to camera. total trail of them. Hi, Chris. You're in Virginia. You most wanted to say what? Uh, I listening to this guy, you know, he pretty much said like they separated, you know, for a good little while. And it stands the reason that they may not have talked about business. But I will have to say you did a thorough job with your resources and looking into this thing. I wonder, could you do the exact same thing or would you do the same thing for Ivanka, Jared and Putin Trump with all the money that they supposedly got from 
foreign entity. That would probably be a fair thing to do, wouldn't you think? Uh, when they face charges, I, w- I will be as inquisitive as I am in the in the current case. Your point is 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 you know I don't know if it's well made, but it's it's noted. How's that? The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 